Hey everyone, welcome back to Be You with Be You. In today's episode, you'll gain invaluable insights into your own transformative journey and discover the key steps to embrace change, adapt to challenges, and unleash your true potential. Don't miss this enlightening episode that will leave you empowered, equipped, and ready to embrace the transformative power of change in your own life. Tune in to episode 101, Three Phases of Change, How Winter Can Be a Winning Season. So we're talking about the three phases of change. Do you all care if I go through with you really quick? I'll, I'll give you an abbreviated version. And so as everyone's trying to figure out these really intellectual conversations of AI and technology and, and you know, different business models, um, I think that for me it's very apparent. And this is what I want everybody to realize for several reasons is that you're not alone, right? But I want you all to understand what we've been going through in the phases of these changes that really starts off seeding and fear. So the phase one of any type of transformation or, or transition or change is that when people become fearful or they have this massive level of uncertainty, they go to a position of, I'm going to protect. I, I need security. So what happens when you go into a protection state or you need security, you completely disconnect from your desire and your ambition because you're protecting yourself. And so that's the first phase. I think that we all started experience this a lot of times before a winter season or before a soft economy or a recession. People start hearing about what's coming and they start getting scared. So they start protecting themselves, right? Because they don't understand what's going to happen. But they understand with the recession comes layoffs, comes financial devastation. We've all heard the horror stories. But for us, I think it was a double whammy because when COVID happened, this created uncertainty where people went into this phase of security and protection. Everyone in the world was wearing freaking masks. I don't know why. And if you're one that believes the masks work, I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying the entire world went into this mode of protection, into this first phase of transition. And then you couple that as we start moving through that year of people talking about the economy. But it was really weird because there was all of a sudden all this stimulus going into the economy. Am I making sense? But what that did was it created comfort. So people were going to protection and they had comfort, double whammy, because Comfort is, is the death of ambition when we become comfortable. And as human beings, we seek comfort. You know, I call it the bullying frog. Don't be a bullying frog. Napoleon Hill talks about, like, when you achieve a goal, you better have your next one set. Because the definition of happiness is the striving for a worthwhile goal, dream, or idea. It's not the achieving of it. So a lot of times when people accomplish something, if they don't have something else, another benchmark set, they find themselves miserable because after they accomplish it and they hit the pinnacle, now what? So that's the first phase. And so what happens here is people disconnect from ambition. And we saw that happen along with stimulus. So for us as a company and for our industry or for, for, direct, for just direct retail is it boomed. The entire industry boomed because people were at home protecting themselves and had free money to spend and they were comfortable. So consumers bought more than they've ever bought before. Does this make sense? 
So it was this false sense of growth. As a company, we experienced it, right? Usually at that time when COVID hit, our company had built this massive foundation in the first five or six years. We were ready to go on our growth curve. We hadn't hit it yet. We still haven't. But that was a false sense of growth. We thought we were hitting it. But what it was was just an a movement of money into the marketplace, but it wasn't real growth based on real leadership, real dynamics of market expansion. So that, that's the first phase. But then what happens is people go into phase two. Right now, we're in phase two of transition in the world. And phase two is this place of coping. See, what people in phase two do is, is we all look for how we cope, how we become content and comfortable in the place that we are because we're disconnected to ambition, so for some people, they get off the grid. For others, they sell everything they have. For others, they, they find ways to cope and be content on where they're at. But they're still disconnected to ambition because their ambition is the driving force and is a catalyst for them to break through a new level. They're not driving. They're not driven because you can't be coping and driven. I believe that those tools are magnificent for us in life. We have to have those because there's going to be some things that we have to learn how to breathe through that we're going to have to learn how to cope with. But we can't live there because if we live there as an entrepreneur, as an economy, as a world, then we become the boiling frog. I want you to imagine if I gave you a frog and a pot of water and said, cook this and make me frog stew. What do you do? You turn up the boiling water, you boil it, you put the frog in. What happens to the frog? Pops out. So the only way to cook a frog or for some of us we are the frog, is you take the pot of water and you make it lukewarm like bath, like a bath water. How many of you like taking baths, nice warm baths? Do you feel cozy and content in your bath, yes or no? Comfortable in your bath? You're content. And so that's what you do with the, the frog. And he's too content to get out of it because it feels so good, and then you slightly turn it up over the next three hours to a boiling point. By the time it gets to the boiling point, guess what you have? frog stew. He never knew he was being cooked. For a lot of people, that is their life. They get content at one stage of their life and they stay there. And then they look back when they're 60 and go, where did it go? What did I do? I had all this potential and I just left it there. They were the boiling frog. And so, you know, I thought this would be great at Epic. How many of you were at Epic? If you're at Epic, raise your hand and say, I... Epic is epic. It's one of my favorite events of the year because it's a time that we celebrate. We celebrate all the successes. We get a vision for the future. And um, we always have some really cool people that come in for Epic. This year, I thought it would be great to bring Jay Shetty in. <laughs> and how many of you know who Jay is? Raise your hand and say aye. So Jay is this guy that, that he is the ultimate Zen master, right? I mean, he is. Like, he's the guy that went and lived with monks. You all know who Jay is. And when you hear him, I can't talk like him, but, like, you all know what I'm talking about. I wish I talked like him sometimes. So I thought this would be great to get Jay to come in and talk because we're in this, we're in this phase and this stage of coping. And, man, he is trending because he's teaching everyone how to cope. So I get on the phone with Jay the week before the event. He goes, Brian, what do you want me to talk about? In his London voice, I can't do it. And I said, you know what, Jay? I want to mix it up a little bit. He goes, okay, sure. I said, I want you to talk about the entrepreneur that you are. 
I want you to talk about how hard it is to do what you've done in your level of intensity and your level of focus because you're a fucking beast and no one sees the beast behind the personality because you can't get where he went to without intensity. You can't get where he went to without a catalyst to break through with a level of focus with attached to your ambition, without a burning desire to do more, be more, create more, give more experience more. And I said, I want you to talk about that. Yeah, I think that's great, Brian. I can do that. I said, but I really want you to do it. He goes, I will. He said, because you can do both. And it's two different energies to get you two different places. So I'll never forget, he was up on stage and he called out to all of you. He said, I want you to repeat after me. He said, where people go is they get complacent or content and contentment leads to complacency. Everyone say, contentment leads to complacency. Let's say it again. Contentment leads to complacency. This is what Jay did to everybody, just like that. I thought it was cool. That's cool. And complacency leads to crashing. You want to know how to not, not to crash? Don't become content. And when people crash, they go into a victim mode of blaming, shaming, and justifying of why they're crashing. They never want to take on the responsibility. But this is predictable patterns. But at the end of the day, in phase two, this is where the world is. And in phase two, we're still disconnected to ambition until we go into phase three. And phase three is when we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Where our backs are against the wall, we become driven because most of us, we have to. And we reconnect to our ambition. This is the sweet spot of where people are going to be in the next 6 and 12, and for some people say the next 5 years. As this dark or this winter happens, it can be your winning season. This is when entrepreneurs are born. This is when millionaires are created. This is when brand new companies that solve problems of the world rise up like Prove It and create a safe haven for people to thrive. And... Sometimes we need that pressure to create those diamonds. And so we are on the edge and brink of going into phase three. And phase three is that performance edge. It's when we reconnect to our ambition. You see, if you want drive, you don't have drive. You have to generate drive. You have to generate it. It's like love. If you don't have love, you generate love. And when you generate it, you keep it forever. You know, think about what ambition is and what ambition is to you. Reconnect to your ambition. Go find people that are connected back to their ambition. It's their destiny. But there's plenty of people out there that are connected with their ambition and they're looking for that edge. And you can become that edge for those people. And so when you, when you think about ambition, I think that it's really important because some people think ambition's bad. You know, growing up, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money makes good people better and bad people worse. We have to have it to live. It's what makes the world go round. Am I right? Yes or no? And so it is simply a commodity. But we have to understand ambition is responsibility. But what I think a lot of people do is they put down ambition. They steer away from it. And they steer away from it and they deny it because In their brain, it's a form of protecting themselves from disappointment. They're afraid that if they give it their all and they don't win, they will look like a failure or they will will more sometimes identify as a failure. I believe that sometimes when people 
look at ambition and think ambition's bad. Ambition isn't bad. Ambition is what gives us the ability to break through plateaus. With ambition, I think the people that aren't willing to connect to their ambition, they're living as a coward because they're afraid to face their fear. And that fear is what keeps people in that phase one, and they don't move. And so I do think that we all have to be careful, though, because ambition does have a dark side. And I think what people talk about is the dark side of ambition. And I've always been ambitious, and this is something I've had to learn. You know, because when someone's ambition becomes greater than their ethics, then they can justify anything. It's why, have you ever heard the term, desperate people do desperate things? It's because their ambition of wanting this and their desire is more than their microtransactions, their, their commitment to someone else, their, you know, their, their verbal agreement with someone, their, you know, their ability to take something without someone knowing about it. You know, I saw this documentary not too long ago. It was really, uh, being from Kentucky, it was on Buffalo Trace. And it was from one of the employees stealing like three and a half or four million dollars of Pappy's bourbon and creating a side business out the door because they didn't have anything in place but the good old boy system of honor system at Buffalo Trace right down the street in Kentucky. So they didn't have an inventory system. So he got away with it for three or four years. It didn't mean he was a bad person, but his ambition allowed him to justify his ethics and then people do everything to, to case build. Am I making sense? And so as I've become ambitious, I've had to think to myself, okay, what are my bumpers? And what is it that I'm really after? Why am I so ambitious? It's to leave an impact. It's to be loved. I think that's what everybody wants. It's to love myself. And so if you're not, if you're not careful and you don't put bumpers on your ambition, you can find yourself losing yourself, Right? And then, then it's incongruent. Then you don't have, you, you can't be honest with what it is that you're going for because you're going to realize no matter what it is that you achieve, you're still going to be miserable. Because at some point, their ambition overrode their integrity of those microtransactions. And so in order to unbridle your ambition, give yourself permission to face your fear, to go for it anyway, to realize that your destiny and your calling is connected to your ambition. And then no matter what happens, it's happening for you so you have more to give. And that's how you love yourself. And so, you know, we all have that in us. And that's, to me, what ambition is about. You must have a foundation to strengthen it. Part of that foundation is perspective. Part of that foundation is awareness. And so hopefully for some of you, it's okay. It's okay. We've all gone through this together, but the greatest thing that any of us can realize is that your decision right now is going to determine your destiny, and a winning season is coming. See, a lot of people over the last two years have become defeated because of discouragement. But if you understand this is predicted, this is, this is already, you know that this is going to happen. Don't let discouragement defeat you. Reconnect your ambition and get ready for the winning season. And that's what we're on the brink of. Yes. So remember, I believe this, that every time you need something to happen, I believe you have to have that level of faith that the right people will show up. What is your personal destiny? Are you connected to it? I want you to realize that sometimes rejection was God's protection or rejection was protection. And the reason this kind of became a theme, I, I listened to a friend of mine, and he was talking about his daughter 
you know, uh, just went to school, freshman year, had a couple dates with a football player. She really liked him. And then he kind of went cold on her. And her dad was talking to me, and he was saying, you know, and, and I had to tell her, like, it's okay. He, it, it wasn't that he rejected you. That's your protection. That's God protecting you because maybe he didn't see the value in you at this time because he wasn't ready for you. You have to realize that that is simply Rejection is simply protection. It's part of the path. And remember that you can scale your life, and that's what we're all doing. You can scale your life based on how you scale your belief and and scale your faith. Thanks for listening to this episode of BU with BU. Please rate, review, and subscribe. For more content from Brian, connect with him on social at Brian Undy or shoot him a text at 502 221 9798. You can also visit his website, brianunderwood.com.